Hello, this is Zach, and you are listening to the Point Momentum Podcast, where you will find insightful, life-filled, and experience-based discussion as we delve into issues related to health, wellness, family, and life. Point Momentum, moving families and individuals into greater wholeness and strength. Enjoy! everybody welcome to the point momentum podcast uh this is a super special episode super special episode (laughs) we have as you can hear that little chuckle in the background we have jessica has returned the return of jessica that's probably gonna be the name of the podcast oh we will see the (laughs) return of jessica so yeah that's right we need some like angelic music (laughs) Oh, then Jessica pops in. I don't know. It's hard to follow Ike. <laughs> Ike did a good job. He did a really I, good I job. I was real pleased with that. Like, like I had thought about having Ike on because of the video game stuff, but hadn't really planned on it. And then uh, you and I had tried to do this, the podcast we're going to do tonight. We had tried to do that last week or two weeks ago, I guess, and it didn't work out. So we expedited Ike's Ike's entry level and in, into the podcast, but. You're back. I'm Jessica back. is back. Yes. Super excited about Jessica be, be, being back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So where have you been, Jessica? What's up? I mean, you know, you have explaining to do. <laughs> I'm getting death threat emails. <laughs> I'm getting people accusing me of having a make-believe wife. <laughs> I'm getting all kinds of stuff happening behind the scenes, and I'm just covering for it. I'm just smiling <laughs> and grinning and responding and just being super nice about it. And so... What's up? You need to rethink your friends. <laughs> rethink. There are listeners, our beloved listeners. I know. Our beloved listeners. Yes. They love you. Well. And when and I mean I can and I can vouch for it. Whenever, you know, you get the dose of Jessica that you're used to, and then when it gets withdrawn from it, I mean it is similar to withdrawal <laughs> symptoms. It's similar to like Withdrawal symptoms. Yes. Now, I mean, granted, there are times where you can overdose on it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) We're taking that analogy and we're running with it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you you sure are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well. So, what's up? Well, I have. Where have you been? What's been going on? What's on your mind? reason for having been gone. Multiple reasons, actually. Multiple, yes. The first reason and the simpler reason at the beginning was that I... Had a change in my job mm-hmm. schedule. Yep. Where still working I, at the same place. Still nurse yeah. practitioner working yep. at the baby but my, hospital. My but schedule, schedule changed, changed yeah. which made it really tough. And so our a, a time to record has become a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. So yes. that was part one. And part then one. part two is part of what we're going to, or all most of what we're going to talk yep. about today. Pretty much. Is um, we're going to try to. Talk about grief and loss grief and a loss. bit, because about two months ago, almost, has it been that long? Yeah, really. On the nineteenth, really. Yeah, huh. but two months ago, less than two months ago, my sister, who has has had stage four breast cancer for the last six years, yeah. she went into hospice care and passed away. And so I was spending time with her Mm -hmm. and my family, and we got to be with her her last 
well, I mean, we've been with her throughout her whole diagnosis. Yeah. Because she lives in our town. Um, but we Arkansas. were able to um, be with her, my mom and dad and I, the whole 10 days that she was in hospice. Yeah. And when, be with her when she passed away, which is very difficult. But I'm thankful that we got to be there. And I'm thankful for hospice because we got to be at her house and not in the hospital where we wouldn't have been allowed to be with her. Yeah. So, yeah, especially with COVID. Um, in the time of COVID, I feel like we're luckier than a lot of people. Yeah. But it was very hard and still is. But, um, and like Zach mentioned, we tried to record this a couple weeks ago and I could not do it without breaking down. So, um, I feel yeah. like I'm ready now. Yeah. So we'll see. And, and it's still soon to be ready to talk about this. I well, mean, it, yeah. it wouldn't be abnormal for somebody to not want to to delve into this. And I will just say too, just for the listeners, this was your idea to do this podcast. Yeah. It was not me pushing you to yeah. do this or even right. thought it was you who said how you thought it would be good to do. Yeah. Sit and talk through that kind of stuff. Well, I think that one of our goals of this podcast is to be real life. True. And That's right. not, and yeah. And so this is real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the context of my current loss is, you know, a sister, so family, close family member who had a chronic illness, you know. Mm -hmm. So I know loss happens in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sometimes it's sudden. Um, sometimes it's, you know, I mean, but, well, let's just think about the losses that we've had between us, you know. Yeah. Um, they've been varied. Um, grandparents, I would say, are the the easiest to let go because they, the, you know, you get to look at them living a full life. Mm-hmm. And um, at least in my case, my grandparents were, you know, in their 90s and and their their quality of life was going downhill. So it was kind of like, hey, this is really what they would want and this is best. Yeah. And so it was easier to see them or not to see them, but to let them go, you know, just yeah. know that. And your that grandmother okay. was the last one, yeah. last living grandmother. Yeah. Grandparent of us. Yeah. Grandparent. Yeah. But, you know, we're, I'm, I'm so thankful that our kids got to know all quite a few them. of them. Yeah. I mean, well, not all of them. Yeah. Not but, my grandfather. Not my grandfather on my mother's side. He yeah. passed away before. Well, and my dad's parents died when he was a kid. So yeah. they never, no, I never knew them. My mom never knew them. Yeah. They're, yeah. They were young. So, but um, I, in high school, one of my closest friends died our senior year. That was really hard. And that was kind of forgotten about. That. Um, to suicide so that was a uniquely difficult loss um partly because of our age and partly because of the circumstances you know so i would say because and then with our jobs or with my job i've seen quite a bit of deaths um in a different way you know where they're not necessarily like close to me Mm -hmm. but people that i i mean they're still humans so it's never never great um yeah but um anyway but for me this 
has been extremely different. Oh yeah. Than any other loss I've had. And we're just so I'm learning a lot about how to get through it and what it looks like to do it right. I don't mean like there's a right and wrong, but to learn about pace, you know, yeah. like um, I think you could try to do it too fast or without um, really experiencing it. Yeah. Um, or you could do it too slow where you get to, you know, it becomes too much a part of of your makeup or something. I don't really know, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get depressed and I don't want to get um, like angry or, or where I don't care about other people mm-hmm. because I'm so absorbed in my grief, you know, Yeah. which I say that because I could see that could happen. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's so personal and painful that you can be, it can be tempting to lash out seeing other people happy or seeing um, one of the things that was hard for me was that um, Lisa had breast cancer. My sister's name is Lisa and she passed away in October, which is breast cancer awareness month. Gotcha. And rightly so a lot of people are celebrating survivorship and Mm -hmm. celebrating the cure or, you know, and promoting a cure and things like that. And I caught myself a couple of times just being like, why, why do they have a survivor story and we don't? Why do, you know, just yeah. feeling yeah. a little bit angry and bitter that, and that was even before she died, just with the diagnosis. And mm-hmm. and she was diagnosed in October six years ago. It was like, October is not our month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember when she was diagnosed, she and I talked about that, like, Oh, what a month to get diagnosed where cancer is just like, or breast cancer specifically is just like in your face in October. (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, I mean, I don't know everything that we can talk, should talk about today, but um, I definitely had some ideas about just my personal process so far. Um, And then I know you as a, therapist counselor you help people through grief and loss oh yeah and also should say that grief and loss isn't just from death i mean that's what my context is today talking about it but um people lose jobs lose limbs lose you know all kinds of things Mm -hmm. yeah loss and grief definitely are not just loss of life and loved mm. one and whatnot, but yeah, um, you know, I generally, I, I would say, I always have several one to, you know, several people on my caseload uh, of my clients who are going through some level of grief. In particular, there's a lot going through some level of loss slash grief generic speaking mm-hmm. like loss of whatever it might be job uh i see it uh actually i would say uh loss of uh one of the ones i see a lot now uh especially with 
older populations or disabled populations is just loss of kind of lifestyle, so mm. to speak, where they've got injuries or their body is is failing or they like can't quality work. Of life. Yeah, quality of life. Mm -hmm. They can't work. They're not like they start getting you know, they're they get older and their knee goes out and they can't do the things they like to do. Their their back hurts. They're mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. So that's pretty super common one if we if we were going to branch out into those areas uh, that I see on a regular basis that are really hard. Uh, or sometimes it's moving. So if we're just speaking generic on where loss and grief kind of uh, – so if somebody moves from an area where they had a real full social life and mm. they had all this kind of stuff, and I will see that a fair amount as well, somebody who moves and they're mourning the loss of what they had. Mm -hmm. Um so those things are definitely prevalent, uh, but definitely have a fair amount of, of grief and loss from a loved one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I could speak pretty generically about several scenarios, but uh, whether it be a spouse or a mother, mm -hmm. you know, a parent, mm -hmm. sibling, um, uh, it's pretty, it's something that, and and I think actually you you articulated it well. It's mo it's an issue to me when I'm working with somebody through loss, especially kind of an acute loss like that, like mm -hmm. a family member, a a, um, a a close family member. I want to make sure that they process through all the emotion. They mm -hmm. feel it. They don't hide from it. They don't run from it. We can manage it, right? Mm -hmm. So like, because sometimes it can be overwhelming, and you don't. You, you know, people still have to function. Mm -hmm. uh, and so and so you can manage it, you know, you can restrain yeah. it at certain times and let it out at certain times. But, we, but we've got to be able to feel it. We've got to be able to experience it. We can't hide from it. We can't. And then with that, we can't, like, as you said, you can't stay there. Mm -hmm. You can't wallow in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't move too fast because then you don't feel it. You mm -hmm. don't experience it. So you kind of have to look the grief in the eye. You have to walk through it. You have to feel it. You have to experience it. At a, at a at the correct pace, you have to honor the life mm -hmm. of the person that, mm -hmm. that you lost. To me, to me, that's a big piece of it. Uh, I've had a lot of people over the years that would, uh, you know, whenever they would, uh, I would encourage them, and they would um, they would have a journal or just mm -hmm. take notes and write down positive stories mm -hmm. whenever they would come to their mind, and they would, you know, it would be kind of a personal moment for them, or they would stop and they would cry. And they would laugh and they would this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to kind of integrate the loss into your into your system. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're getting, you know, if you're talking kind of classic grief and loss technology, it would be you're moving towards that acceptance phase. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, I like the word integrate because it just seems to, f it seems to fit what actually happens. But it just kind of integrates into your system. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've, the good things from their life, you're not mm -hmm. hiding from them, you're not running from them, you respect what, what they gave you, you're learning from what they gave you. Uh, they're part of your life. You, they can't, mm -hmm. you can't separate them. I mean, you know, th they were there, especially somebody who was really close to you. Mm -hmm. uh, in your case, a sister that you guys shared bedrooms together. Mm -hmm. You shared all kind, you know, mm -hmm. all like, and, and this, and especially the deeper the connection. So, like those connections that were uh, forged. Um, in youth, right? Mm -hmm. When when you're very malleable and you're innocent and and you know parents, siblings, grandparents, close family members, all that kind of thing mm -hmm. that are real that are really ingrained in that young formative years uh, are hard, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I, th I heard you say several times throughout this process that you didn't know it would be 
painful, mm-hmm. like like almost physically painful. It is physically painful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because it integrates so deeply into who mm-hmm. you are. You know, you're, I mean, in this podcast, we've t- spoken a lot about life and about how life works and how different systems interact and just about how that when you're working with somebody, I mean, you know, your, your psychology, your mental mm-hmm. capacity, your physical uh, – your physical body, your emotions, all that stuff is just kind of interwoven and mm-hmm. it's really hard to really hard to kind of pick them apart and disconnect. And so when you're dealing with grief and loss at a real deep level where it's integrated deeply into all of those systems, mm-hmm. right? I mean it's it's a it's it's painful. It's a painful mm-hmm. it's painful to get to that acceptance phase mm-hmm. or to get to that phase where mm-hmm. it's fully integrated into kind of who you are. Yeah. You've accepted it. You're celebrating the life that was there, and you are, uh, and you're moving forward with your life. That's the other piece I always want to see with people. Mm-hmm. I want to see, I want to see them face mm-hmm. the emotion. I want to see them respect the loss or, or respect the life of the person, and I want to see some sense of forward movement where, mm-hmm. where, where they're going to integrate that into where where they have the a person has to have some level of hope for what their life is going to look like after mm-hmm. this person. And so that, and when I'm working with somebody, that's really the things I'm looking at, like, and the specifics of how that is kind of different with people, but you want to make sure they're moving, they're respecting, Mm -hmm. they're having those good memories, Mm -hmm. they're feeling those emotions, and they've got a hope for the future, and there's some kind of future movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if we do that, again, the pace is a little bit different with everybody, but you you always get through it. Yeah. You always get through to the other side in a a good place, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know that that's the, you mentioned that's the last stage of grief, which I don't even remember what all five of them are. Don't tell me right now. No. I'm sure you can tell me. You can tell us at some point. But um, you mentioned several things that I've done, and so I thought I'd share some of the things that have been helpful for me. Yeah. Um, one is journaling. I've been journal. I've journaled since almost. I mean, didn't do much the first week other than get through it, get to the memorial, you know, get through the memorial service, kind of do like almost just put your head down and get stuff done. Yeah. It has yeah. to be done. And then um, I was, I mean, a lot of people probably do find themselves in these positions, but as the like executor of the estate and things like that, I've had a lot of just like really practical things I've had to do. So mm-hmm. when I do that, I usually just have to kind of, separate from it a little bit just to have like (laughs) normal conversations with people on the phone and stuff but um probably about week two I started journaling because I or about no about the first real week and um that has been good because it just yeah it let me put thoughts and feelings down on paper and um and think about them, you know, like, like commit to just thinking about it and letting myself think about it. And then, um, yeah, keeping things that were meaningful mm-hmm. from her life and our life, like things that remind me of her from her belongings and um, putting some of those up in our house or you know, like maybe I put one of her keychains on my keychain, you know, things like that, just so that 
I have, I'm not afraid to forget her, but like, I don't want to not have her be part of every day, like in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, she passed away at 11, 11 PM. And we used to always say 11, 11, make a wish. You know, a lot of people say that. And now whenever I see it, I always think 11, 11, love you, Lisa, miss you every day. And I just think that, and I've been screenshotting my phone if I see it. And I think I've screenshot my phone like five or six times a week Oh, really? because I seem like I catch that time all the time right now. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like, I don't know, it makes me smile now. It made me cry at first, but it's just kind of like, well, I'm thinking about you. And um, then, you know, just taking certain things that she started and finishing them. Like she started a scarf and she yeah. crochets and I'm, I knit. And so I'm finishing it by knitting the rest of it. And then I'm gonna give it to my mom. Cause then the whole thing will be made by her two daughters. You know, half of it will be crocheted by my sister and half of it knit by me. And just trying to, I don't, I hate to see stuff of hers not finished or not like, that that was kind of hard at first to see things like just right in the middle of yeah. being done. And um, so I don't know. I tried to find ways to finish things or pass on things to people that I know it would be meaningful to. Yeah. Um, I just sent my brother and his wife a package that to New Zealand with that's where they live with yeah. um, pretty much just an 11 pound box of her things, some of her things that I know they would enjoy. Yeah. And, um, so that's a couple things. It's like over $10 a pound. It costs to send yeah, that box. Yeah, like $138 or to something. send an 11-pound box yeah. to New Zealand during the yeah. pandemic. FYI. For yeah. anybody Just looking in case to send, you're a, send something to, to New Zealand um, from Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely finding ways to to um, for people to honor her, like me, for sure, mm-hmm. but others, too, you know. Um, yeah. So then we're we're planning to do a memorial bench at one of the parks that she used to love yeah. to go to. It looks like it'll happen, so that's exciting. Yeah. Um. And then some. Uh, one thing that I very recently have been. I I guess I it's on that flip side. It would be something I've had a hard time with that I've I'm doing better with, but it was hard for a bit. Was just dwelling on regrets yeah, and thinking a lot about what I wish I would have done or if I'd known this, I would have done this. And Mm. so um, I just started writing them down because I was like, I want to be able to, I don't want to just say, don't think that don't, you know, and, but I want to write it down and then just be like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't know I couldn't, I can't change it. You know, yeah. and then change that. If it's something that's just totally silly, because some things are, then I just try to be like, that's fine. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. But if it's something I'm like, hey, I mean, I could just do that better with other people now, you yeah. know, just learn to put that energy in the right place, you know, mm-hmm. with my own family or with my Immediate, you know, my brother or my parents or, uh, but, but it doesn't have, well, that's like, you're my own family. <laughs> that's what I meant. Um, or just people in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with you. Or, or, or like you just learn by, you learn by looking back at things like, 
oh, you know, I didn't identify that with her, but I maybe will with the with the next part with someone else, you mm-hmm. know, um, and be more sensitive to it or or more aware. So yeah, um, yeah, and then just you know learning from her life and and being thankful for it. I think has been good. Just mm-hmm. like taking things from our life that were good and and incorporating them in mine and yeah and all that. Which I mean, I don't think it has to be said necessarily, but um, you know, she was young, forty, yeah, and lived six years with cancer, and at least half of them like some degree of pain and mm. and and decreasing quality of life you know yeah. not not bad the whole time and has a younger and has a young daughter mm-hmm. um and so you know there's it's pretty there's a lot of opportunities to um learn and and do things different so yeah so i think that's good but um yeah, so I was just thinking, it's not necessarily bad to have regret, to think about regrets for, for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or to even uh, just really be sad for a little bit. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And and probably a little bit sad sometimes forever, and that's fine too, but it'll get less and less, I think. I've... I've thought a couple of times about it like a like an actual wound, mm. you know, like injury. Yeah. Where it's when it's fresh and raw, it's it hurts a lot and then um you might you start to get a scab and then it might get you might pick it or mm-hmm. it might get knocked off and so then it's like raw again and then eventually it will be it'll heal. And then you can still you know it was there, you know you have a scar. And it's it might even be tender, but it's not the same level of pain, same type of pain. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I like how you the regrets because most people would instinctively want to just kind of push those out. Um, I like how you wrote them down and kind of looked them in the eye and accepted them and kind of turned them into something different. All right? Said, hey, I'm gonna learn from this and I'm going to do something different. Um, I think that's, that's a good way to approach things. Uh, Looking things in the eye is most of the time the right thing to do, not avoid it. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. And I was going to say something else. Um, Oh, Another thing that I re- recognize from this, and and again, this can apply to a lot of things, um, not just grief and loss, but is just um, getting to move forward with a new level of um, empathy mm-hmm. for other people. And um, so with the history of nursing, you know, there there's like a part of your education where you learn about empathy and you learn how it's different than sympathy and da, 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 da. Gotcha. and you know, um, which sympathy is that you sympathize and you say, I really, sorry, I hate that for you or whatever. And empathy is just like, yeah, I've been through it too. I get it, you know? And, um, 
which not to say that any two losses are exactly the same, but you definitely, like, I just feel like I'm part of a club now <laughs> that, not a club you ever want to be part of, but. Yeah, we're all going to be part of it at some point. You know, part of a club that, that I um, just understand different now. And mm. I remember, this is a whole different topic, not for today, but. When I went through anxiety, like I feel like I understand people that go through anxiety differently now because I know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And before I could try to just be like, yeah, I can imagine that. That sounds pretty rough. Yeah. But after going through it, it's like you just you just have a knowing. Like you can't even explain it. You just know. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I feel now is like, okay, I can under. And I've even had a few people from different. I mean, some have been from friend groups. A couple coworkers who have, you know, actually later, like since the past the one month mark, come around and be like, "Hey, I, I, I couldn't say anything earlier. It just brought back too many hard memories, but I want to see how you were doing." And then they'd share about, and a couple people shared about a sibling that they lost and the story, and you know, they'd like kind of cry with me about it, and it was it's special because. You know, like we know, some, we know something <laughs> that not everybody has experienced, and I could tell it was like meaningful to them to be able to have yeah. someone to bring to remember with, you know, and share. And so that was and that was just kind of something special that I never. I mean, I certainly wasn't expecting <laughs> that. Um, so yeah, empathy. Just thinking. That has increased your empathy in this area. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That is often what happens whenever we experience something. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier for us to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. How do you think the, uh, I don't know, just the whole structure and concept around kind of end of life and, and, and grieving, do you think it was effective? I'm thinking... The hospice, I'm thinking the oh. memorial service, I'm thinking, uh, did it facilitate grief effectively? And did it honor end of life effectively? I, you didn't know I was going to ask you that. But yeah. As we're sitting here talking, I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, um, I think hospice is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, I'm partly just really grateful for it in COVID times because we were able to be together. Yeah. And the thought of, I mean, the thought of her going and being alone, that is, I don't even, I've heard horror stories. Can't even, like, imagine what that must be like for people because I just can't. But so I'm very thankful that at least, and, and I'm honestly, I feel fortunate that we at least knew that she was dying and that we got to spend days with her mm-hmm. um, talking to her. I mean, she was not responsive for a lot of that time, but the the last 10 days, but, um, but we know she could hear us and, um, and yeah, it was just special. Um, hard for sure, mm-hmm. but special. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that time. 
But, and so that's good because what hospice does to facilitate that is um, they're basically on call 24-7 if you need them. And, I mean, I have, I don't know what other, another family, how often they would have called. But because with my nursing experience, I've, I joked with my parents that I taught them a lot about how to be a nurse because yeah. I think that a lot of families would have probably called the nurses in a lot, either maybe even all long, a lot like all day, yeah, you know, like more. someone yeah. to stay. Mm-hmm. But we, I mean, I knew how to do the care, and yeah. I, I wondered that because when you would talk about what you guys did, I was mm-hmm. like, man, the families always do that. Yeah, I don't think so. And, um, I mean, they can, I think, but they don't have to. Yeah. And, um, so, so it was nice cause we got to be very private, you know, it was just us mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, we did call the nurse a couple of times, um, mainly because there was a short period. I mean, it was only two days, but it felt like a really long time where it was clear that Lisa was uncomfortable and we didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I kept worrying it was pain. Yeah. And so we called them several times to come and check in and give us some guidance, mm-hmm. you know. And they did. And ultimately, we got it figured out. But um, because she had brain metastases, like, we think some of it was seizures. And then some of it was pain. And so it was getting that figured out. But hospice was... I mean, them being available, um, I, if anybody listening ever has anyone on hospice, all I can really say is just if you think you might want to call them, just call them. Yeah. <laughs> they want to come. They should come. They. Yeah. I think we waited too long to call them a couple times, and, mm-hmm. um, and I wish we would have called them sooner. And some of that's my fault because I felt like we could handle it, and because of my background and I realized that I needed to just be a sister family member and not try to be the nurse you know and then um so so that was I mean I think that was good because it didn't feel medical Mm -hmm. um it didn't feel it felt peaceful once we got everything settled um her last, you know, few hours were very, I mean, her last few days and last few hours were very just peaceful. Mm-hmm. And most, you know, a lot of people got to come and say goodbye. Yeah. And that I think that was important for them and maybe her, you know. Yeah. She wasn't responding, sure. but, and, um, I think the memorial, I mean, I think the memorial is, I think it was good. It was great for us. Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to just know what they want, you know. Yeah. I, I'm thankful that I got to talk to her months and years before and know what she wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, her power of attorney, but also we had had conversations about what she wanted. So, you know, I didn't have to decide that by myself. I just thought, just knew what she wanted. So, I mean, I didn't know what she wanted exactly. When like she told me what songs to play and all that, but, 
But in terms of cremation, no viewing, blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff. Um, We had discussed. But, yeah, I mean, I think it, I feel like we honored her and looking at pictures to prepare for the memorial was actually really healing even that quickly. Yeah. Like with my parents and I like sitting and looking at pictures and talking about the memories and all that. Um, I dreaded it before we started. Like when I thought we need to do this, we, I want to put pictures up. I thought this is going to be awful. Um, but then it wasn't. And it actually, I felt better after. And so I would definitely, and they're not even always the best thing in the world. Like sometimes you see memories that aren't your favorite, favorite, but you at least, you know, but they're mixed in and that's what life is, Mm -hmm. you know, and life isn't every memory any of us have isn't like perfect, (laughs) you know. It was real. Yeah. You know, it was really her real life. Yeah. So. I thought overall hospice seemed to be a really good experience. The memorial, I think, was a pretty good experience. I, I think just as you said <clears throat> early on, just even the just all the logistical stuff was mm-hmm. just it's just unfortunate that families have to deal with all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm just thinking about you know, how social systems uh, help facilitate proper human development, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, would be a an area of, you know, we all have to deal with this mm-hmm. at varying levels and degrees. Mm-hmm. We had to talk about it with our kids. Uh, you know, it had to be something that was kind of integrated into the whole family system, something that we all had to kind of deal with in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh but making sure that they were processing through it, that it was no nothing getting kind of jammed up inside of them. Did you have any conversations with them about it when I wasn't around? I know ones that. Uh, we yeah, had when I, was I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, because I wasn't around a lot during. I mean, a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you I were first was there with, every day with, with her, Lisa, yeah. and then after I was pretty much there. You were doing a lot every of day. logistical yeah. stuff and. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we talked about it numerous times. I mean, uh, I know I talked with them too, but uh, yeah, I mean, just I would bring it up, talk to them about it, make sure they were. I just just kind of keep the temperature gauge on what was going on with them, what they were thinking, what they were feeling, uh, if they had any questions, uh, just making sure that you know they weren't holding anything in or you know overly scared or any, anything like that. Yeah, it was interesting to me during like the week, the specifically the week before she died, um, our fourteen-year-old daughter, she did want to come with me several times mm-hmm. and just be there, just be part of yeah. whatever was happening. And I offered it to our son, who is a year younger, year and a half younger, yeah. and he was like, he said, 
what is, you know, he asked a couple of questions like, what is, what's it like there? What's happening? And I told him and he's like, I don't think I want to see her like that. And I said, yeah, that's fine. And yeah. So he never came, which is fine. Yeah. So I kind of, there was, they were each very different in, in just how they wanted to be part of the last mm-hmm. week, you know, and yeah. they know her very well. I mean, our, yeah, they spent the night over at her house. And I mean, we were, she played spent a lot of time at our house and mm-hmm. we're, you know, they're other than th- their current grandparents, you know, your, your parents and my parents, they're probably mm-hmm. the closest. Well, no, they're a little bit of everybody. Yeah, they're yeah. close to they all mean, our family, they, which they is nice. They, they, but I mean, just meaning they, she was a very consistent part of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, and I was pretty pleased, like honestly, with how they handled it and how it managed. I mean, I, th- I thought the whole process was managed pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even now, with you know, you've got a few of Elise's old things around the house. Um, they each picked out a picture. Lisa was an artist, mm-hmm. picked out some drawings that she had done. Mm-hmm. So they had something there. And it wasn't done in such a way that it's, um, you know, that it it, it kind of holds them back. It's more of, hey, let's respect and honor and and remember and mm-hmm. and I- integrate, you know, her life and memory into into how we're moving forward. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think they did it. I was pretty pleased with how that worked with them. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they were able to, to do what mm-hmm. I thought seemed healthy, at least from my assessment anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyway. Well, Jessica, in the spirit of kind of wrapping up the conversation. I think that's your tagline, by the way. In the spirit of wrapping up the conversation. Mm-hmm. You say it in every episode. Of wrapping up the conversation. Well, it's a good Which way. Which is fine. I just think it's. say, hey, let's start winding this yeah. thing down, but I'd, but we don't have to close it off sharp. <laughs> you know, we can like, is there anything else <laughs> we want to get out there? Uh, no, I was just thinking how a lot of podcasts, they end up developing designing like mugs and t-shirts in the spirit of wrapping with down some kind with some phrase that just organically we need a mug no i'm not that says in the spirit of wrapping <laughs> wrapping up the conversation i'm i'm in i'm already in. <laughs> well i'm not saying that. we need hats t-shirts and mugs but that is the one in thing the spirit of wrapping up the conversation that is the one thing <laughs> that i noticed that you i, I it's and the reason Do i know I is because i don't even notice that well no not a lot but every episode well, that would be a lot. But I mean, in like, the context of the in the context of the podcast, that would be a lot. It would be all the time. But I mean, not like all the time during podcasts. Yeah, well, only at the end when it's appropriate. I, I mean, I could start having no, a phrase like that it. for different for in no. the spirit of opening up the conversation. <laughs> what would you like to say? Or in the middle, I could be like, in the spirit of continuing the conversation. <laughs> okay, so in the spirit I'm of Marco, wrapping it up. So I have a Marco Polo group with two of my best friends. Yes. And we I'm aware. we started to learn that we um we kind of have things that we say a lot. Yeah. And Carla, hey Carla. Hey Carla. says um that's what I know at the end of almost every so I always joke that if she has a had a podcast or a radio show is what I said, then I think it would be called That's What I Know. That's what I Carla know Spencer. with Carla Spencer. I don't know if we should say last names. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Too late. Oh, too my gosh. Late. Well, they're the two I'm aware of. Yeah, the two, two, two friends we got that always 
talk about it. So, all right. So, in the spirit of wrapping it up, any mm-hmm. thoughts? Um, I think I have so many thoughts that that's that was good for today. That was good for today. I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was a good to kind of touch base on this topic, uh, jump out on it, let you share a little bit of your experience, um, and it's something that you know everybody has to deal with. So I guess what I will what I will say is that. Yeah, I mean, grief is a real thing. And, and we didn't jump into different areas. Like, we could easily talk about grief of, you know, moving to a new area or losing a limb, as Jessica said or earlier, or like some kind of loss of part of your life, right? And that's something I work with on a fairly regular basis all the time at the office, whether it be... Um, divorce, that's probably a big one. Divorce, I've sometimes absolutely. heard that divorce is worse than death, too, in terms of like moving on it can be but probably we don't have to get depends. Into that. i just I don't, I don't know if i would say worse off on my personal experience of just working with it yeah i don't know if i'd say worse but it can definitely be equal mm-hmm. uh depending on the scenario yeah for sure for sure depending on yeah there would be lots of variables there but yeah, yeah. so loss big thing don't hide from it jump into it feel it walk through it Right. Let yourself cry. Let yourself journal. Let yourself have conversations. Walk through it. Uh, Jessica shared a lot about her experience with it uh, and a lot of good stuff in there. So, I don't know. I think that's good. I think we wrap it up here. Okay. So, uh, guys, as usual, go like us on whatever podcast listening device you utilize. Give us five stars. Rate us. Uh, well, write comments, email me, Zach, at pointmomentum.com with any questions you got. Uh, And until next time. Bye, Carla. Thank you for listening. Check back for future episodes. And as always, send in any feedback or questions to Zach at pointmomentum.com. Have a good day.